This is the Spa Retailer Podcast, where we talk about retail, business, and all things related to the hot tub industry. I'm Megan Kendrick, owner of Spa Retailer Magazine. And I'm Jeff Bailey, owner of Spring Dance Hot Tubs in Philadelphia. This episode is brought to you by Bullfrog Spas. We've been having quite the time at the Spot Retailer Podcast. Between travel and illness and running businesses for both the hosts and our guests, scheduling and recording time has been almost impossible the last month. We've got some really great interviews lined up. We just need everyone to stop getting sick and stay in the office. So unfortunately, Jeff didn't get to join me on this interview. I talked to Linda Cahan again, longtime merchandise and columnist for the magazine. She's been on the podcast before, episodes number 18 and 19, about experiential retail and the good, bad, and ugly of hot tub stores. Those episodes are still some of our most downloaded, so we're glad to have Linda back on talking about one of the harder products to make look pretty. Here's the show. Welcome back to the Spa Retailer Podcast. I am here with Linda Cahan. She has been a merchandising columnist for the magazine for years and years, I think back since 2009. So welcome, Linda. Thanks. Pleasure to be here. So I wanted Linda to talk to us today about chemical merchandising. Um, Look, you got to have the chemicals and they're not the prettiest thing. So kind of what do you do to make that whole area, you know, look better and feel better and, and work better for your customers. So Linda, chemicals, just not the sexiest topic, but it is a integral part of our industry. I know. And, and they are like the milk for a grocery store because people need to keep coming back for them. So the first thing I would do is definitely they don't need to be front and center. They can be somewhere so customers have to walk through all your new products and your interesting products to get to the chemicals. They just have to have a clear path to be able to get them back out again. Once you create a space, base for the chemicals that doesn't necessarily have to be 100% visible from the front. Uh, People will walk through and that becomes a pathway for you to show more seasonal merchandise and anything that's new. That's a great idea. I think, I mean, people always talk about getting people back in the store to buy the chemicals so that they can sell them other things, but I'm not sure they think about actually how they're going to do that. And thinking about the pathway that your customer takes to get to those chemicals and back is such a great way to do that. It gives you a place to start with. It gives you a process to work with as new merchandise comes in. Then the the other thing with, well, there's so much about chemicals and even though they are boring, they, they certainly can put a kid through college. The basic standards on stocking the chemicals really make a difference. For instance, all the labels should be pointing out in the same direction. Chemicals have to look neat. Uh, They're like little soldiers standing in a row and not, you know, just milling around in a bar. I mean, you really want them neat and clean and looking fresh and never, ever, ever be out of basics. I mean, this is, you know, basically a maintenance issue for you guys where if you're down down by and you only have two left, always have them in back stock. Because if someone comes to your place and they 
even once you don't have what they need, they then realize that they can no longer rely on you when they need you. They will go someplace else. I mean, they, they may love you, but if they had to schlep some distance to get to you, they're going to be pissed. Yeah, they're going to be buying their chemicals at Walmart from exactly. now on. And that's something that, that none of us want. <laughs> or Amazon Prime or something like that. Empty spaces need to be filled in as quickly as possible. Neatness counts. Large and heavy chemicals go lower, smaller, lighter, go up. And then very often I'll see heavy stuff being merchandised above eye level, like that's a stock room or something. And yeah, it's not. Uh, Not only that, merchandising heavy items up above is so dangerous. It's, It's, I can't even begin to tell you how many lawsuits I've heard about where something slides and hit someone in the head. And then it's just no fun for anybody after that. I mean, there is an unwritten contract when we go to store that other than perhaps being in debt, uh, we are not going to be physically changed in any way. Heavy things go down below. Duplicates can go down below. Speaking of putting heavy things on the bottom, is it okay for some of those really heavy pails and stuff to actually be on the floor on the bottom or do they need to be on a shelf? The general rule of thumb for merchandising on a floor is if it's going to be on a floor at your home, it can be on the floor in the store. Okay. That makes sense. I guess I'm thinking uh, in hot tub stores, not so much, but if they do carry pool chemicals, you know, those can be in really large pails. A lot of times you see those on the floor, stacked on the floor. And so I was just curious if there was a, if there was a rule about that. (laughs) Actually, it's a really good question. And I may end up putting it in an article sometime because it really does make a difference. Um, There are certain things that are just too heavy to put on a shelf or dangerous to put on a shelf. And yeah, that's why heavy can go down low. You know, it could go right on the floor. There are different ways of actually merchandising chemicals. One is by vendor and the other is by use. And actually, that's just something I'd love to talk about with you for a second. If you're going to buy chemicals, do you care about the vendor or are you more interested in what you're using it for, what you need it for? I'm going to guess that most people do not care about who has made that particular chemical as long as it solves their problem. I just don't think that most consumers are that aware of of the different chemical brands. And so unless a retailer has really sold them on a particular product, I think as long as they can go in and say, I have cloudy water, what do I need to fix it? Here it is. I'm going to guess that is what they care about more. I'm I'm with you 100% on that. I think that within each category, I mean, if you're using shock, for instance, you know, you can merchandise Um, a vendor vertically, like vendor X, and they're all down in a line uh, at different sizes, vendor Y down in a line, you know, vertically in different sizes. Vertical merchandising works really nicely both for sizes and for people like they look at vertical lines as powerful because anything vertical is usually tall and strong, like trees, mountains. Doing it in in merchandising just is is an excellent way of getting a point across. And it's actually fairly easy to do. And that way people can make their decision about the different products based on price or whether they like the uh, packaging or not. It makes a difference. Yeah, it does. I imagine that you would recommend, considering the things we've already talked about, that all of the chemicals be put 
in the same area, if at all possible? Well, yes, for yes, but then I'm going to just add to it. I would do pods of chemicals. For instance, I don't own a hot tub. I don't know what you need. So if I saw a display of chemicals next to the hot tub with a little sign saying everything you need to maintain your hot tub, bottom line, I would look at that and go, okay, this is what I'm going to need. And then maybe even stocking four or five of each so that people can pick from there also. And again, I wouldn't do this everywhere around the store. I would just do it in maybe two or three places, depending on the size of the store. So they're like little pop-up shops of chemicals so that people are also reminded, yeah, you're going to have to buy chemicals to make this thing you know, work. It's like a visual reminder, whether they buy it right from that spot or go to the chemical wall. But it, it's it's a way of educating customers and potentially getting add-on sales. Okay. So maybe a little end cap that has just kind of the basics or maybe kind of by the maybe by the register, would that be an okay place to put a little thing like that? Oh yeah, absolutely. And if you have a little more space around one hot tub, a little shelving unit with a display on top of the four or five chemicals you need, and then they're stocked below. Okay. So it might only take up like two feet by one feet, you know, two feet by one foot by maybe three feet high. Okay. So I guess the thing about chemicals too is that there's a lot of education that goes into that part of owning a hot tub. And so so what do you do with signage? I mean, do you want to like tell them everything in your signs? I mean, what do you do to for one, help the customer and to make it so it's visually appealing and not overwhelming? Ah, great question. Um, we had a pool when I lived in Connecticut and I knew nothing about how to maintain a pool. And I went to someplace in Danbury and they had a brochure rack with a step-by-step of what you needed and a little list. And they had it seasonally color-coded and and it was at least 12-point type because I could read it easily. It was brilliant. I mean, I kept that thing with their logo in my garage all the time to refer to it. Old school sometimes really works very well. And black print on pale yellow or pale green, something that, you know, you'd see in nature or pale blue. It doesn't have to be fancy. You can type it up yourself, but just step-by-step instructions and then a list of what they need. Or depending on the chemical, maybe index card size. This is what this does. Mm. And this is how many times a week or month you need to use this. Um, People like to self-educate. If they're getting good practical instruction, they, they appreciate it. And I guess, you know, even if the salesperson is really great and explains it all to me, I 100% am not going to remember when I get home. I have to have it. I have to have it written down. That's just, that's just what we're working with. <laughs> You're not alone. I'm exactly the same way. It's not something you want to mess around with. Like, this is how you keep everyone who uses your hot tub safe. I mean, you need to know what you're doing. And it's a great idea to have something that people can uh, take home with them. Yeah. And that actually brings me to, again, multiple sales. Whenever someone buys anything, slip a sheet into their uh, bag with chemicals for this coming season. This is what you need to do to winterize, to summarize, to whatever. So that when they go home and they look at it, they go, oh yeah, okay. The next time I go back, I've got to get this, this, and this. I mean, this is like an instant ad and it's certainly easy enough to do. 
Time for a break to hear a message from our sponsor. When we come back, I ask Linda how to avoid signage overload. Does your spa business offer a customer experience that engages and excites? Bullfrog Spas is the only hot tub manufacturing partner with a program dedicated to retail experience. Power Per Square Foot is a set of customer experience best practices designed to elevate dealership performance. With game-changing products, interactive sales tools, and step-by-step planning guides, Power Per Square Foot by Bullfrog Spas provides the complete package you need to succeed in today's retail environment. Visit bullfrogspas.com to learn about dealership opportunities today. This is an area where I feel like uh, manufacturers have really tried to make it easy on the retailers um, as far as, like you, I think, mentioned earlier, they color code things. You know, they provide a lot of materials for them to use and a lot of educational things and point of purchase things that they can use. So it's kind of one of those situations where I feel like it's great, but it also can get to be too much. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I guess, I guess when you're thinking about looking at a chemical display, where would you put signs and how would you prefer them to look? Clean and simple. (laughs) People do not want to put on readers to uh, see what the price is or to see what these things do. So I would keep my signs with a strong contrast, you know, dark green, dark blue, dark brown or black on white or off-white. You know, the better contrast, um, the least words needed to get the point across, price clearly marked, and then sign holders. There's a a website, ffr.com. It stands for Fasteners for Retail ffr.com. And they have all the implements, the little things you need to put signs onto the edges of shelves. And that's helpful, you know, and then just be consistent. Make sure that the signs look the same. The other thing is you can use signage to break up long, long walls. If you have a really long wall of chemicals, I would use vertical signs coming down to break up the different possible, you know, the different categories. Vertical signs coming down from the ceiling or from the shelves? I'm sorry, from the shelves. They make grippers that will grip onto the edge of your gondola shelves and hold a uh, signboard vertically. You can do visual images, you know, you could do graphic images, or you could write, you know, now all of a sudden I'm blanking out about the different (laughs) categories, but, you know. Chlorine. Chlorine, yes, thank you. Or scents or or something like that. Okay. And and I would break up long walls of chemicals and, you know, the, the jars and bottles and containers with perhaps a two-foot segment of toys or something that people necessarily be shopping for, but then you introduce them to it. So it's not just this long expanse of kind of boring chemicals, but it's broken up by something kind of fun. Yeah, that's a great idea. I mean, that's the kind of thing that, you know, you're not in there shopping for it, but it's next to your, you know, your trichlor tabs. And so it's like, oh, hey, look, this this fun little thing would go in our hot tub. Kids would like that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like going into a boutique and seeing accessories. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I have seen a few stores recently who have just decided not to display chemicals pretty much at all because they they view themselves as really 
a high-end retailer. They want their store to have a certain look and feel. And so, you know, they still have some chemicals. So if people come in, they can get them for them. But they've just decided that they're not putting them on their floor at all anymore. It's kind of an interesting new trend that I'm seeing in this this arena. They do take up space. So I can understand they're not pretty and they take up space. And I think some retailers may perceive them as being low end. I, I don't agree, honestly. I think that they are an integral part of making the, the entire experience work. But I think if they are, I don't think you need to stock them like you're a uh, big box store or, you know, a, more of a discount bar retailer. Again, if your standards of stocking the chemicals are really nice and you make it attractive and you please dust them occasionally, I think that, um, you know, if you have the space, I, th- I think they're important for people to be able to pick up. That That's me. But if you don't and it works, go for it. It'll be interesting to see if it's something that sticks or, you know, if it just really fits for a certain type of retailer. But but yeah, I didn't want to I didn't want to finish this conversation without mentioning that some people have just decided to forego it completely. Yeah, I, I can understand why. To me, it's just another way to make money. I mean, it's 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 an important category that pe- gets people coming back to your place. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that is the thing about chemicals that we all know. I mean, they're great for that repeat sale. And even though it's hard, that can be seen as a commodity and you, that's really where you feel like you're competing against a big box store. Uh, there are ways to differentiate yourself. And some of those ways are just in some of the merchandising um, ideas that Linda's been talking about. So thank you, Linda, for giving us these tips. It's a difficult category, but it can be done right. Thanks so much for giving me a chance to talk about it. All right. That's going to be it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. podcast is produced by Spa Retailer Magazine. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SpaRetailer.com, and the Spa Retailer app. Please leave us a review and let us know what you think or email us at podcast at SpaRetailer.com. Spa